getaway car took us this far before she gave up the ghost 8,000 feet and the stillness is complete still a full day from the coast give me a home where the buffalo roam and the dear girl sleeps till noon And the nylon strings and the campfire sings Crackling neath the light of the moon But we landed here by accident Perhaps there's no such thing Here the silence miles away on Beautiful. Woo! Thank you so much. Rhett! Wow! I'm like honored. Like, you know, I'm the only audience member here. It's so <laughs> cool. So cool. And what a beautiful guitar. You just told me you bought that way back. Yeah, before uh we before the old ninety seven signed our first big record deal and I started buying the, you know, fancier guitars, uh-huh. I would just buy these kind of beat up seventies guild um six string hollow body and and they weigh like a hundred pounds and they're they're it's like a whole tree in your arms but the inlay on that it's really sturdy and oh. it's this this particular guitar uh survived a lot of tours a lot of late night van load ins a lot of overnights in frozen trailers and a lot of drunken on stage <laughs> you know I'm, I'm shenanigans yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's beautiful. I want to do a brief introduction, listeners, um, and let you know that best known as the frontman of the band Old 97s for the past 30 years, Rhett Miller also has a distinguished solo career. Rhett has also been a published as a writer of both fiction and nonfiction. His latest solo release is titled Misfits, from which you just heard a tune, and the latest release from Old 97s is titled Twelfth. A warm welcome to officially welcome you to Local Motion here on 91.3. I love delving deep into people's careers when they come on as guests and um there's a lot that I learned about you that's like super cool. You're from Texas? Seventh generation. Seventh generation from Texas. And your dad's grandfather My had. Your dad's a, dad. Your dad's dad. You're okay. So your grandfather. Yes. Owned a professional NFL team. The last NFL team to go belly up, actually, <laughs> which is a testament to his lack of business acumen. But. But he was also a bit ahead of his time. You know, the, the, the Dallas Texans, 1952 version. There was a later version of the Dallas Texans. But the 1952 version that Giles Miller, my grandfather, owned um, had a couple of really great uh, African-American players that the Dallas community wasn't completely ready to embrace. Mm-hmm. Um, the businessmen, like there was like the Dallas Businessmen Association, which was supposed to help him get the team off the ground. Uh, they fumbled a lot of things, and it wound up costing the team a lot. I mean, it's really it's just bad karma when you look back on it. There's a great article that Sports Illustrated, uh, no, ESPN ran a big deep dive, and then I wrote an article for Sports Illustrated, both of which can be easily Googled. But, yeah, my, my pop, Pop Miller, um, he really, he, his heart was in the right place, but uh-huh. the, t- the team failed, and then they became the Baltimore Colts wow. uh-huh. a year later. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, A for effort, man. Yeah, you know, he put himself out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're one of three. You're the oldest of three. I am. Yeah, yeah. And interesting, so you lived in Highland Park, and you went to an elementary school. And fourth grade, Do you, you obviously I've seen interviews about what happened to you in fourth grade with your ear. Yeah, I had a mysterious inner ear imbalance that put me in the hospital for three months. Wow. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was not great. <laughs> but, you know, um, it probably helped me to become who I am. I certainly fell in love with, with music. I was alone in the hospital a lot as a little kid. And, right, because um, in fourth grade, you're what, 10? Yeah, and and I fell in love with, you know who I was most in love with at that time? Joan, Joan Jett. Jett. Okay, you did read this. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people don't know that, so I like to do my homework. But yeah. tell me, so you had a little radio, transistor radio? or yep. Yeah. I had, I had cassettes, and I had um, Joan Jett. Uh, I really loved um, Bad Reputation. The, 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 the I Love Rock and Roll had come out by then. Um, but it was that first solo record of hers that got me. She's just the snarling punk. And then I listened uh, to a late night live uh, radio show that she did, and she covered on that show uh, "Rebel Rebel" by David Bowie, which then started my you know great lifelong love of David Bowie, who also lived in the Hudson Valley yes, for he a did. while. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. I believe Amon still has yeah. the place. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, what a way to find music, right? Here you are sick. So this obviously all healed. You're living a normal life, but that's a long time. Yeah, it's... it's to be in the hospital at 10 years old. Yeah, and it was it, it's, it was a long time ago. It's hard for me to remember much about it. I, 
I remember at the end of it, they flew me to Syracuse to see some specialists. Wow. And the flights, they, what's funny is seeing the specialists didn't necessarily fix it. But they think that because I went up and down on the, the airplanes, that it, it, it was extremely painful, the ascent and descent in those plane, on those plane trips. But they think that that was what sort of fixed it. I don't know. And you do a lot of traveling now. So oh, yeah, all the time. You're, And I have really good hearing, like mm-hmm. weirdly good hearing, considering that I've been in front of amps and a drummer. Our drummer in the old 97s is a really loud drummer. And my, my drummer in my solo bands, Angela, uh, who also lives in the Hudson Valley now, um, Angela Ian is a great loud drummer. And, um, yeah, I shouldn't be able to hear as well as I do. I wish I did. In fact, I wish I didn't hear quite as well as I do sometimes. <laughs> That could be a problem sometimes. That's so funny. Um, You took lessons, learned to play guitar at age 12. Why guitar and what made you want to start? Um, You know, the music that I was in love with was was weird. It was a hodgepodge. It was the rock and roll I was discovering, but it was also the folk music my parents were into, which was like the Kingston Trio, Mm. which is very square, you know. Right. There's really not... Much music that's more square than the Kingston Trio. Lawrence was. Welk, perhaps. Okay, you're right. That is a whole <laughs> other level. But they were these um, very collegiate um, folk singers, and and they were very academic in their approach to uh, the the song choices, and then the, their between song banter, and they would all wear matching sort of collegiate outfits, and it was. But man, my folks took me to see them when I was a little kid, and it was a dinner theater, and I remember thinking. Um, wow, this is so weird. These guys are so old. They were probably 40, you know, and I'm, I now am 52 years old, (laughs) but, um, I was like, ah, how do they do this? They just go around and play dinner theaters all the time. Mm -hmm. And now that's basically my job. I do a lot of solo shows in addition to the band and they're Mm -hmm. usually at city winery type places. Yeah. 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 So funny how that works. So you picked up the guitar, acoustic, electric. Uh, acoustic primarily my brother sort of hogged the electric spotlight he was he was my brother who is now the cfo of a fortune 500 company based out of dallas my brother has always been better at playing music than than i am and uh, we look very similar and sound very similar but he um, took a different path but also i don't think that he ne- he didn't respond to his demons and traumas <laughs> in the way that i did like for me I thought, oh, man, I can turn this into art. And I think he thought I can turn this into money. Mm-hmm. And who wore it best? <laughs> I don't know. Right, so, right. Yeah. But I, do, I really do love um, playing guitar. I love writing songs. I've, I've had dreams of doing other artistic um, things, like writing uh, prose. I have done some of it. Um, I love trying it. It's a lot harder than this thing that I started doing at 13 years old, writing songs. Um, and I love I love writing songs. It's the thing that is most natural. Do to you me. like have a notebook or yes? And you write you not like on the iPhone or the. I don't phone. believe in that. Mm-hmm. I just I mean I use my iPhone to. There's a notes thing where you can I can wake up from a dream and sing a song into the my phone and fall back asleep. Wow! I used to have a cassette recorder that would do that, and I still have boxes of those old cassettes. Amazing! Do you have your old notebooks? Oh, yeah. I've got all the old notebooks. And I have old notebooks of set lists. I keep my notebooks sort That's of That's so cool. Like, you almost have, like, a diary, then, of yes. your shows. Yes. Do you know how many shows you've played? Oh, my gosh. If you average it out, it's probably 200, conservatively, 200 a year since I was 15. Wow. 
So that's what 30, I, 37 years of shows. Wow. I can't, I don't know if I can. And do that's the math so there. cool that you actually have the set lists and all of that in your old notebooks. I love when people keep that. I love that. Yeah. 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 Seven thousand four hundred shows conservatively. Wow. wow. That's a lot. That is a lot of travel, but a lot of music. How beautiful. I love that. Um, so you started playing. You got a record deal while you were in high school. With the local label. So what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And that record, I, I've always been pretty embarrassed of it because my the music I was into was so British. Well, that come I sang on. I mean, the, you're a high school. I, and I was an Anglophile. And, and it was, you know, David Bowie and the Beatles and the Kinks. And um, so I thought, if it's going to be good, you have to probably sing it proper. Seashell girl. keeps and, and so I've been always been a little embarrassed of it. But as time goes on, I'm pretty proud of it because... Mm -hmm. Not many people put out records in high school. and Absolutely. And, and for this one, um, it was produced by Murray, that's now the bass player for the old 97. So we've been working together since I was 15 years old. And it featured a number of really prominent local musicians, the New Bohemians, some members of that band, and uh, the, the, the choir, uh, members of the, the choir from my high school. Uh, it, it's pretty awesome as far as an It is pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, at that age, like you say, there's not a lot of that happening. Um, when did singing start? Immediately, guitar, vocals, oh. writing, all of it came together. Singing was pre-verbal. I remember being two years old and singing. You know, um, I remember... I remember I was singing uh, Nowhere Man in the bathtub. I, it's one of my earliest memories. And I remember my mom walking in and, uh, and she said, what are you singing? And I said, it's a song about dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I bet he appreciated that. Woo! Oh my! Wow! Wow! That's amazing. And your first gig, Five Hundred Cafe. Yeah. Yep. I used to play at Five Hundred Cafe, and uh, I remember that gig I played in between Murray from the old ninety sevens. Now his band, um, Peyote Cowboys. I played after them and before Three on a Hill, which was a really cool local band. And um, I remember I borrowed Murray's 12-string Rickenbacker electric guitar, thinking that that would be more professional than the acoustic I was used to. But you just go with the guitar you're familiar you're with. Yeah. yeah, I would guess I would guess that would be yeah. the thing to do. It was wow. fine. It was great. I, yeah. Everything's a learning experience, even now, all these years later. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would think you're always learning, right? Aren't we all? Um and you were the high school editor, so your writing is also, I mean, obviously anyone that listens to your music and your words, um, you know what you're doing. A high school editor of the St. Mark's Literary Magazine. Both of them. There's the, the one that was, that had the, um, the official literary magazine, The Mark, which was great, but it was, again, that was a little square, mm -hmm. and because the school had, had to sanction it. And then we had the underground literary magazine. Which you helped co-found. Yeah. Nice. And that, and that was fun, because we could get away with a little bit more. With a little more. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that first album, Mythologies, what a great title, too. I stole it from a book of essays by a French media philosopher named uh -huh. Roland Barthes. What were you listening to when you were a teenager? I know you just said Bowie and, and, and sure. some of the British music, but as you progressed through high school, did your taste change? You know, I've never been encyclopedic. I've always been a little bit like uh, a, a skipping stone, you know, and I'll land on stuff and I'll know a little bit about a lot of different things pretty randomly. So, mm -hmm. And I've always depended on my friends. Like Murray, for instance, has always been a great source of introducing me to music. He was the one, because growing up, 
for me, growing up in Texas, seventh generation Texan, but also being an Anglophile, as as previously mentioned, and a bit of a you know a little pretentious, reading a lot of poetry and and uh, literature. I you know I didn't I was really um, hyper aware of the redneck thing, and I really didn't want to be a, be a part of that because so that was there then too. Oh oh yeah 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 and um and I was I've always been slight and um, apparently I have long eyelashes or whatever it is that got me beat up a lot. So I Hmm. didn't, I really didn't want to be a part of that. So I shied away from country music, anything with a twang uh, during my younger years as a musician, just because it seemed like that was the domain of the bullies. And it took Murray, who was like a psychedelic pioneer. Where did you meet Murray? Murray was... uh, his girlfriend and my girlfriend, I was dating a, a, a girl a couple of years older who also played guitar, and she was friends with Murray's girlfriend. They were both named Jenny. And, um, our, Easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so our Jennies introduced us to each other, and Murray recorded my first demos. And he was older. I learned a lot. He lived in a, a house with his bandmates, and I learned all the bad stuff and the good stuff from them as a 15-, 16-, 17-year-old kid. But so, yeah, so Murray was also the one that taught me that there was good country music and introduced mm-hmm. me to Johnny Cash. And Willie Nelson, I are, are already kind of seen like, oh, yeah, Willie Nelson is there's something uh, that transcends the kind of redneck thing with him. And Buddy Holly, I had grown up really loving because to me that felt like rock and roll, even though I then recognized later there was elements of country music as well. So that stuff spoke to me later, um, but I really loved The Clash. Mm-hmm. I really loved stuff with like a lot of high energy. And to this day, I keep thinking, when are the old 97s going to settle into like elder statesmen, acoustic, you know, just like sitting on stools kind of thing? And I don't think we ever will. I just don't think it's good. I don't think it's in our good in, our it, in your DNA. It's, it's not happening. Um I also, and, and you know what's really, is this true? So the title mythologies, you just explained that, and that only a thousand copies were printed of that CD. Yeah. And you signed and numbered each one of them. Yep. Do you still have a copy for yourself? I didn't for a long time. And then a friend of mine gave me a copy again. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. They were going on eBay. I don't know now if there's any up there, but they were going on eBay for whatever, 300, 400 wow. bucks. Wow. Wow. It's sweet. It is really sweet. You know, I've had Martin Sexton on numerous times, and he used to busk in Boston, and his first thing was cassettes, and he printed a couple thousand, and same thing he did. And I just find what a great way to just organically just start like that. I would love if it was only those 1,000 CDs, and if you wanted to hear those high school songs of mine, you had to have one of those. Mm -hmm. So I've... In fact, the guy that put them out all those years ago has it keeps putting them up on streaming services, and I keep trying to, you know, begging him to take them down because I, I kind of want it to be, be. Well, and also when someone goes, you know, to whatever service, shuffle Rhett Miller, right? And then something comes up from when I was 16 years old, right. and I'm singing with a British accent. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is this? This is horrible. Right. Right. I don't, right. Right. I can't really answer for those songs. I can't really stand by them as much as the rest of my the catalog. rest of your career. Right. Right. And then you formed a band, Sleepy Hollows mm. Heroes. See, Sleepy Hollows. Yeah. Thinking of the That's town. We live. Yeah. Sleepy Heroes with Murray. With Murray. That's your first band together. I went to Sarah Lawrence. 
on a full scholarship. By the way, to reset for our listeners that just tuned, tuned in, I'm Rhett Miller. Yes, yes, thank from, you. From, I know, uh, but I just, I realized that this could be very confusing because we are doing some deep diving into yes. my history. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. yes. Rhett, Rhett Miller of the old 97s. Of the old 97s. I'm so happy to be here with Rita right now. And I'm just so happy to have him and keep me on my toes. So thank you for doing oh, that's that. That's great. And so, yeah, so I was at Sarah Lawrence on a full scholarship for creative writing and Murray was at the time living for some reason in outside of D.C. And he kept driving his old beat up Volkswagen bus up to visit me. And we would play songs and he would go, man, you got to drop out of this school. And I'm like, but I mean, but it's it was the most expensive college in America at the time. And I had a full scholarship full scholarship doing what? What were you making? Creative writing. Uh-huh. And um, but after one semester, that was it. I was like, I'm out. And out. now as a father of one kid at that point that exact point in college himself and another about to be in college like what was i thinking, thinking. but yeah. murray talked me into leaving and i went back with him to dallas and we we started sleepy heroes we put out an album we broke up the day the box of the records came back from the manufacturer cuz that's what you do when you're 19 years old wow 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 and the album you released under a radio sun yeah wow power yeah. pop trio no lead guitar Kind of fun, real jangly, real. Power so, popping. Sarah Lawrence, you you leave and go where? Back to Dallas and um, moved into a series of you know rent houses. I walked out on a lot of electric bills and phone bills. And <laughs> if anyone's of, listening, <laughs> had a lot of roommates. I li- we lived in squalor mm-hmm. for pretty much my entire twenties. We signed our record deal with Electra when I was uh, twenty six. Put out our first Electra record at twenty seven, and then um, I moved to L.A. The end of the 90s. Wow. 897, 98. Oh, man. Oh, man. So old 97 started in 1993. 30 years. Yep. How crazy is that? That is amazing. And all the original members. Yes. That That's the craziest part. Yep. We, we It took us um, a few months to find our drummer, Philip. We tried out a couple of drummers before. Nobody lasted more than a gig or two. Um, but then when Philip rolled up, that was it. And we... Philip was good too. He's not just a great drummer and was willing to sacrifice any sort of normal life for the old 97s, <laughs> but he also had a credit card and he'd been working for a couple of years at a real job and and um and he was good with money and he was good with directions because in a pre-GPS world it was important that someone in the in the van knew how to get to the gig. Yeah. Which yeah. that was a big part of our life and still when I talk to young up-and-coming musicians, I emphasize the importance of travel and touring and go from town to town. You don't, you never know. For us, we had to go from Dallas up to Chicago. We broke in Chicago before we ever broke in Dallas. And then when we came back to Dallas, having sold out shows in Chicago, people in Dallas were like, oh, yeah, well, we've always loved you guys, of course. And then suddenly we're selling out shows. Chicago in- because of radio there? No, it was because there was a little label called uh, Bloodshot that's still kind of around, Bloodshot Records. And um, the folks at Bloodshot liked us. There was a burgeoning um, scene there, which they didn't know what to call it yet. They were calling it Y'alternative or Insurgent Country. They ended up calling it Alt Country, and that's sort of the name that stuck to this day. But um, at the time, there was no real name for it. But in 94, 95, in Chicago, there was a lot of Robbie Folks, Waco Brothers. Um, There was a lot of music kind of like what we were doing. How'd you get the name Old 97s? Murray thought of it. Um, 
Not great marketing. The word old is not great, apparently, in marketing <laughs> circles. Um, but it's there's a Johnny Cash. He didn't write it, but he had a hit with a song called The Wreck of the Old 97. And um, when we thought up the band, we had been doing rock bands. And it was the early 90s. I remember we watched Nirvana play on Saturday Night Live. And that was one of those moments where everybody was like, oh, now I guess this is the world we live in. Yeah. And I remember... Mer for Murray and I, it was actually a, it was in a way it was eye-opening in the other way because it made us realize, you know what, us trying to do this is inauthentic and it doesn't feel right. And now everybody's going to try and do this and we're just going to be one of a million bands trying to play loud electric guitars. Let's just start an acoustic guitar-based kind of folk band that has no chance of getting signed to a record deal, takes all the pressure off. And we'll, at least we'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And ironically, that was the band that people liked and that they ended up getting a record deal. And How'd that come about, the record deal? And by the way, I'm going to do it this time and say, just in case you're just tuning in now, you are tuned into Local Motion here on 91.3 WVKR. Today's guest is Rhett Miller of the Old 97s. And I'm honored to be here for your 350th Yeah, show. wow. So Thank cool. you. Wow. Yeah. What an accomplishment. It's good um, stuff. Yeah, so... I think what it was, what we were doing was so different from the grunge that was suddenly ubiquitous. And and so much of it, I felt like, was kind of tuneless and just whatever. I don't want to sound like an old man, but, you know, for, <laughs> for me back then, it just felt like, OK, whatever, guys, I get it. You're you're so you guys are so cool and awesome. But we were having fun and we we're jumping around and playing acoustic guitars and singing songs with lyrics you could understand and some of them were kind of silly certainly those first couple of records i leaned into the texas part and um and i i did love the kind of goofiness of what we were doing there was a song called like uh um there's a song called bel air and the chorus of the song was a uh, i'll stomp a mud hole in your heart so it was a lot of that mm -hmm. it was a lot of like okay we don't have to be cool anymore now we can just be you know who you are yeah so yeah. and it was fun too because it didn't feel suddenly i felt like we were reclaiming that like that kind of music the johnny cash or bob wills in the texas playboys this kind of classic texas music that we love we we're sort of reclaiming it from the bullies of the world and mm -hmm. the the rednecks and the, the the kid the guys that would beat me up in the playground how could anyone ever do that to you you're like the <laughs> sweetest human ever I was probably pretty annoying. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know about that. How long were you in, how long were you in L.A. for? Followed a girl out there in 97. Wait, you followed or she followed? I, she was already there. She, oh. was, she was from Dallas, and she was working in the film industry out there. And, and uh, we met up when I was doing a gig and, and um, reconnected. And she, she was an indie film producer and... I moved out there and moved into the house in Beverly Hills where she was living. And she she had like nine roommates who were all different, like on-air personalities, like young Univision, the local Univision station, because uh, she was from Laredo. She had family from Laredo. So there are all these like Laredo transplant, like really like beautiful young Hispanic broadcasters. And um, it was a crazy 
house. I Way bet. too many people, yeah. I bet. It has since been tor- torn down, and the house that's on that site now, which I can't even believe that we lived there, the house that's built there now is which just went on the market for $49 million. What? And I think I paid 200 bucks a month to be wow. you know, in one of the bedrooms oh with, my gosh. with her. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Amazing. The system is broken, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to live in a $49 million, million dollar house. house. There's a house for $49 million in Hyde Park. Oh. It's called Ledge Rock. It was, I think it dropped to $29 million <laughs> and now going up on auction. What? Oh, man. What? Insane. Um, South by Southwest. Doesn't have a lot of years. It's a music festival down in Austin, Texas. But isn't that where you guys, the old 97s? We had our big showcase that got us signed. But it was all happening... It was all happening. The timing was such that when we went to do the showcase at South by Southwest, um, it's funny, the one label had already passed on us. Uh, it was the, the label out of Seattle, Washington, the famous like punk rock label, um, not Slash. I can't remember. They Anyway, they signed the Pernice Brothers rather than us. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember as I was walking past the line that was like around the block, three times around the block, and I was walking into that showcase at South by the, the guy that owned that label but flagged me down. Hey, you think you can help me get in? And I'm like, you you just passed on passed, my band. Right. But right. it was But it, didn't it turn into like a bidding war? It did. There was fifteen record labels trying to get our services back when the old model of the music industry was still happening. And it makes sense that that model would have collapsed because it was so silly. Mm-hmm. But um Silly how? Well they like fifteen record labels spent however many tens of thousands of dollars each trying to wine and dine the old 97s. So what did they do with you? How do they wine and They would fly us out. Um, I remember Geffen Records flew us out to L.A. to um, to wine and dine us and take us up into the offices, which was its own weird experience. And then in the midst of all that, um, Electra Records, with whom we later signed, sent a, uh, a, li- a limousine to our hotel on the sly in between Geffen meetings to take us out to a Dodger game. And once we got there, they took us down onto the field to meet all the players. What? And yeah, it was just it was insane. And then the dinners. And I remember we would all, like, eat this fancy dinner, and then we would order, like, a to-go dinner <laughs> to take home for later. And then they would let us all raid their CD closets, and we would take just boxes of C- of CDs back to Dallas from these trips to New York and L.A., and then we would all go, we would have a race to see who could go to the CD store and resell them. Oh because <laughs> even though we were being wined and dined, we were still penniless. Right, and so we're right. Like, I've got an ACDC box set. And they're like, well, your guitar player was just here, and we bought his ACDC box set, so... Wow. We're good. <laughs> and what made you sign with Electra? Um, Tom DeSavia was the A&R guy that we connected with best. And it was lucky because a number of the A&R people that were trying to sign us during those months went on, um, wound up you know, being fired within you know, a month or two of us having signed to Electra. Um, we just got a good vibe from them. And mm-hmm. the Pixies were on Electra at the time, which, which to this day, the Pixies are still one of my favorite bands. The, the history at Electra Records is great. Seymour Stein, who si- was Sire and Electra. Seymour Stein is a famous old, just old school A&R guy. Really loved him. But in the end, it was kind of a crapshoot. There was one, guy, one A&R guy we really connected with, and that felt good. It Spoon, our fellow band from Texas, signed 
not long after us to Electra and had a really bad experience mm-hmm. and wound up making a whole album called The Agony of Lafitte based on Ron Lafitte, who was one of the A&R guys there. Wow. They had a terrible experience. I remember feeling bad because I had vouched for Electra Records right. during the whole thing, and I had to go tell Brit from Spoon, I'm really sorry. I thought, you know, it would go better for y'all, but it didn't. It didn't. And you, your first release, Too Far to Care. Which we, were, we recorded most of in El Paso, but then we came and finished the overdubs and mixing here in uh, West Hurley, oh. just south of Woodstock, in old Dreamland Recording Studios, yeah. which is still... Still there, Jerry Morata. Oh, yeah, Jerry's running it. Yeah. Great. I've worked with Jerry. I love Jerry. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I've now made, I think, three records there over the years. Have you really? Yeah. yeah. We went back and made a record called Drag It Up, which I saw in your guys' CD uh-huh. wall. Uh, and then I made a solo record there called The Dreamer. Yeah, I did a I did a track for a Leonard Cole tribute album there. I've done a lot of work at Dreamland over the years. Great studio. Um, so in between you touring everywhere with old ninety sevens and you guys, you know, getting your name out there, you also have this bustling solo career. You released the Instigator on Electra. Mm-hmm. How did that work? By you doing that solo without old 97s, like, how does that work? Well, it was tricky because at that time there was such a perception that if a lead singer of a band was to go off and make a solo record, it was a death knell for the band, Um, which, you know, Frank Black, Black Francis, Charles Thompson, he went off from the Pixies and made solo records and refused to play Pixie songs at his shows. Um, you know, you had the uh, the replacements situation, and Paul Westerberg was making Paul Westerberg records now, and everybody was mad about that. It was we were right on the heels of the '80s, where there was this punk rock ethos, where everybody was always mad about something. I remember there was a a, a band, the Del Fuegos, did a commercial for a beer company, and everybody suddenly hated the Del Fuegos because they sold out. It was it was so easy to get people freaked out that you were going to sell out or do something horrible. and So when I went off to make solo records, which was necessitated for me by my bandmates turning down so many songs, I had all these great songs, and they're like, eh, I don't like that song. And So I said, guys, if I was to make a solo record, would that be cool with you? If was, I'll make a solo record. We'll go and make a 97s record. I'll, I'll run all the songs by you first. I'll give you first dibs. And to this day, that's pretty much how it works. Wow. wow. Um, and then I did it, and I made a solo record. There would have been a problem if one of those songs had backed into being a radio hit. I think there might have been, it might have been a trickier thing, but thank God <laughs> I didn't get saddled with a radio hit. No one ever prays for that. Ugh. Usually it's the other way around, you know? But you know what? And Sorry to interrupt. But I, no. I, it's, it's true, I think. You think you want a radio hit, and then you, you have friends that have a radio hit, and they spend the rest of their lives on nostalgia tours, uh-huh. having to play their radio hit, yeah. and no one ever wanting anything new from them. And everything right. new they put out, they're like, yeah, yeah, fine. Right, just, just get through that so yeah. I can listen to the older play stuff. The yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you've released how many solo releases? I know, right? I, I, Too like, many. How many? Like I a dozen or something? Old or? 97s have released a dozen studio albums, and then I've released eight wow. studio al- solo albums. Wow. We just got through this horrible pandemic. I mean, COVID's still here. Let's not, you know, say it's not. But we're turning, life is turning. We're here in person, right? Mm-hmm. 
everyone I talk to about the past two years, they've either been super creative or they've been super depressed and haven't been able to write. How was that for you those those past few years? I had to fight through the abject fear of losing everything because <laughs> contrary to popular belief, um, there's very little class in the music industry for performing musicians. I've been able to somehow occupy a slot in that weird sort of middle-class musician, and I feel very lucky mm -hmm. to, to have that. But um, I don't, I haven't ever been great about having making a giant savings. And so when this hit and my gigs all got canceled, I, I got very scared. Mm -hmm. And that fear did not translate into wanting to go write a bunch of songs. But thankfully for me, it did translate into... Uh, necessity being the mother of invention, uh, a sort of reinvention of how I did things. And I, I was doing four shows a week from my basement office on a, on a streaming platform, um, an online thing where people would, you know, pay what you want. And some people paid five cents and some people paid, you know, a lot of money to come see me play from my basement. So that year, 2020 wound up being in some ways my, you know, best year because I was isn't Just that something? Ranking out gigs like yeah. a madman. Yeah. Feverishly trying to make up for lost income. Any live stream that I saw, because I go see live music weekly. It's mm. r between doing this and seeing live music, it's my therapy. It just yeah. is. And when all that stopped for all of us, I felt so bad because the venues, the artists, everybody, the arts were the hardest ones hit, the last to open. And to watch all the live streams and just, you know, put in 10, 20, whatever you can, yep. you know, it was therapeutic for us and for the musician and i think that's what got many of us through yeah. that time of we couldn't be in person but we could look at a screen and you know and it's got to be weird for you because there's no applause there's you know you're just it's an awkward thing but i'm guessing as often as you did it you kind of like okay you know you got through that and and it felt okay but the transaction is always awkward. Like even last week, three days ago, I was on stage in Dallas, three nights in a row in front of each night was whatever, 1,000, 1,300 people. And even like that, which is this triumphant experience, this celebration, and you know, and I, I get to be the master of ceremonies, that's its own mind warp, you know, because you're like, oh my God, they're all looking at me. If mm -hmm. I have a meltdown, mm -hmm. this could all go very poorly. It's just... And you still a, get nervous. Yeah, in a way, some things, some things more than others. Like uh, a live TV taping, we did Fallon recently, and that you, you did. We did with um the we we were in oh with with what's his with, name? Yeah, Kevin Bacon. Six Degrees. Kevin Bacon. Yes. Yeah, because we were in the Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I saw that video. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh, listeners! We're, again, we're two, we're talking to Rhett Miller. Tell us about the video because people can check it out on YouTube. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, you could even just go to Disney Plus and watch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It opens with my character Beezer Mikatakalak in full alien makeup, which took three hours every morning to apply a giant latex head. Oh my um, god! I have a scene like acting with Chris Pratt, and then I force him to listen to a song that. My character wrote, but that I actually wrote with the director of the movie, James Gunn. And he and I wrote the song together where my alien character misunderstands the Christmas traditions. And what, oh, I hope someday we get to release them. We wrote about mm, five different versions of this song that were all way more messed up and violent than the one that's <laughs> in the 
the one in the movie that has some really weird stuff in it. Like he he gets it wrong, my alien character. But um, it's pretty fun. So we do a song at the beginning, the whole band, old ninety sevens as aliens, and then at the end of the ep- uh, at the end of the show, uh, Kevin Bacon appears as himself and sings with us a song. He's that, a great musician. He's great. I've seen the Bacon Brothers before. I've seen yep. him a couple of times. And he's great. They're really good. And he's so nice, and he sings really well, and he's really generous. In fact, when we did Jimmy Fallon a few weeks ago, we had already done the sound check and all you know, gone our separate ways to reconvene later to do the taping. And he texted me in the interim and said, hey, man, I just realized you should be taking one of these verses because he sings the whole song in the show. So he was going to sing it on the on the Fallon show. And... It was really generous. He didn't have to do that. So I sang one of the verses, and later I thanked him, and he goes, well, yeah, it just made sense. You wrote the song. I'm like, that's true. I did. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, he seems like a... Like a decent human being and also lives pretty close to here. So. Yeah, he's got a spot in Connecticut. Yeah, 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 right on the border there. I, I follow him on, on, I think, Insta, and I think him and Kira um, were at the Mohawk Mountain House, too. Oh, yeah. At some point, like, you know, doing their thing there. It's so beautiful there, yeah. right? You know, you live right over there. I was there this morning playing disc golf. Really? At the Mountain House. It, yeah. It's just such, anytime visitors that haven't been to the Hudson Valley, I bring them to New Paltz, and I either bring them to Minnewaska yeah. or to Mohonk, because it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's just so There's beautiful. There's nothing like it. It's no. a magical spot. No, and you go to this tower up there, and it's like, ah, it's breathtaking. We really are so lucky to live here. Speaking of which, how did you find the Hudson Valley? So, um... We lived in L.A. for a few years. Um, we were bi-coastal for a little while. 9-11 drove us literally out of our apartment that day. We could never go back in. You were in the city yeah, we, on 9-11? Yeah, and we ran uh, as the second tower fell from that. I wrote a piece that's in The Atlantic, if you ever want to Google that. It's called About That Day. Um, but we wound up going full-time then back to L.A., got married. Erica, my wife, got pregnant. Um, she's from Ohio. I'm from Texas. We were living in L.A. We looked around L.A. and thought, we don't really want to raise kids here. Um, but her brother, who at the time was doing um, large-scale sculpture work, um, and there's some foundries right around here, Polich being the one where he was working, um, he lived up here, and we'd come to visit him, and we'd realized, this is a really special place. And so when we were talking, like, well, we, we can't live in Ohio. We can't live in Texas. For whatever reason, Mm -hmm. um, we thought of here. And it was kind of random that we chose this place. And we now, 20 years later, we now marvel at how lucky we are because this is, I think it's less of a secret than it was 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. the the Hudson Valley. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. But this, nobody could understand why we were moving here. And now I feel like this is- Everyone's moving here. It's the best place in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. I think we have it all. Yep. You know, the city's right there. Airports are all over if you need to travel, which you do. It, it, I love it here. Yeah. And, I, and I love to travel. I'm a huge travel nut, but this is just such a special area. Yeah. You've got the best of all of it right here. Um, yeah. Um, Boy, this has been a comprehensive deep dive I into my... I told you, you're like an hour. Rita, I got to bring my guitar. I don't This Woo. is going to be too... See, I told you. You're I right. told you. So it's a lot of fun. So you guys, old 97s, you're doing a cruise this month. Yeah. 
the Outlaw Country Cruise. Do I sound skeptical? Yes, you do. <laughs> but you're going, you know. You're... We've done it before. We've done it a bunch. Yeah. It's it's a Sirius Satellite Radio has a station called Outlaw Country. Mm-hmm. And they play old 97s. They've been always been good to us. Yeah. Um, I've done a number of these cruises. I've done Kayamo, which is the uh-huh. songwriter yeah. cruise. Yeah, but a lot once... of good people on that oh, one, too. Amazing. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. But once got taken out on Rombello, which is like a jam band cruise. Mm-hmm. That that was a little weird. <laughs> And um, but this Outlaw Country cruise winds up being a lot of our friends that are on it, and Erica, my wife, loves going out on it. Yeah, and you get to go into the nice warm weather. Yep. And it's it's coming up like in two weeks. You're going on this cruise. Where's it? Where does it go out of? It goes out of Miami, and it goes through the Bahamas and Cozumel, and yeah. six days turnaround, and it's Good. fun. I mean. I, I hope I don't get seasick. And you know what? What's really good. So I used to get seasick. C yeah. band. I've got one. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. just got it. I'm and, on it. And and get two of them if you need to. Like yeah. double band yourself. And extra batteries. Yes. I got you. Yes. Because <laughs> Dramamine makes you feel like you sleep yeah. the whole time. That gets nasty stuff. And then the old 97s. You guys are touring out west. You know where to pick the weather. You know, in March you're going out to Arizona, California, yep. Nevada, Washington, and Oregon, and doing a whole show. You're billing this. I'm assuming as your 30. Anniversary. So we are making a new record this year, but all of the touring we're doing this year, as we don't have a new album out, will be Old 97's 30th anniversary celebration dates. Will be Midwest in March into April. Um, I'm sorry, West Coast March into April, Midwest in August, the Northeast in September. Um, I mean, that's all just getting booked right now. Perfect. I am. We. I should say this. I am playing. Uh, the Colony in Woodstock. What? Thursday, March 9th. Come on. Solo acoustic gig at the Colony in Woodstock. And then again, April 13th. Stop. M- Colony, Woodstock, March 9th. Rhett solo. And what other date? April, April 13th. Oh, my gosh. Nights. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Calendar will be marked. Absolutely. Get a babysitter. Go book a reservation at one of those incredible Woodstock restaurants. Maybe get a night at the Woodstock Way Hotel. You could do that. Um, I also have to tell you that I love the food at the Colony. Yeah, that's true. They that's really true. have good food there. Yeah. Um, and I've had Neil Howard on uh, several times, yeah. and they don't really push the food that much. And I'm like, dude, you got to like, the. F- I'm telling you, I've had schnitzels there. I've had jerk chicken that was just so good. Nice. So they really do have good food there, and it's a great bar. So, oh, my gosh. Okay, so good. So I'll promote that for the next couple of weeks. So Rhett Miller, March 9th, Colony Woodstock. Tickets, colonywoodstock.com, and also April 13th. Oh, that's so cool that you're playing locally because that was going to be, I think, my last question. Are you playing locally? Well, the old 97s, last year I got convinced the band to come through and play the uh, the new city winery, Hudson Valley uh-huh. in Montgomery. Yeah. And it's not a gig we would normally do because we don't do dinner theaters. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while they can talk us into doing a seated like theater situation. But for people to be sitting and eating is... Not your thing. Well, it's just weird because we're up there like loud and we're rocking out. And I'm like shaking my ass. And, <laughs> and people are like eating steak. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. city winery is great. Yeah. I love the city winery. They treat us so well. And I wanted my band to play in my new adopted homeland. This isn't adopted anymore if you've been here for 20, 20 years. You're right. But I wanted my friends and family to be able to come and see what I do. Even my kids, they've never seen. I was on stage recently in Thalia Hall in Chicago, and it's whatever, 1,500 people, and they, they were going crazy. And I, it occurred to me, my kids who live in the country, and they've seen me play solo shows or like little local whatever, they've never seen me do a giant show. Really? Like the old 97s. 
tend to do as we go off on tours in the rest of the country or the world. Wow. So someday. So, But you're playing the Northeast, you said, in September. So, yeah, I haven't found out what the dates are for that. I might try and push for another Hudson Valley City winery date on maybe one of those Tuesday nights. I sure hope so. Or Bardavon is here at well, 900. Certainly we'll, or yeah. certainly we'll be in New York City because yeah. there's always a Manhattan oh, gosh, yeah. or Brooklyn show. But. Always, always. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited to go see you play live right here in our backyard. Nice to have these things. Rhett, you're working on this new album, Old 97s. Do you have a title yet? Huh. That's funny you should ask. Normally, titles are the last thing we think of. With this one, I actually have a working title. I don't know if it's bad luck for me to share it. It's up to you. But no pressure. No pressure. Yeah, maybe I'll keep it a secret. Yeah, but keep it's it weird a that I. It's just funny you ask because it's weird that I have it in my brain. Hundred percent, it will change. Hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. I always. Well, then think, you might as well share it. I, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I, I always think I know what it's going to be. What's funny? I got it from a Stephen King novel. I'll, I'll say it's not like it's that precious. Um, there's in um, in a Stephen King novel that I recently read. He was talking about a painter in the book and the the style that they were describing his painting style as American primitive. And there is also a musical movement, John Fahey, among others, um, kind of a folk music movement called American primitive. It's a lot of finger picking, acoustic guitar, and that's not what the record would sound like. But I did think it kind of describe describes what we we've always done like we're, it's like our guitar player ken is something of a caveman you know like i am like this kind of id screaming out into the void you know our bass player murray does this kind of flowery stuff but it's still like this really you know primal thing so and our drummers obviously dr- all drummers are primitive by nature so it, it struck me that, that that's a good description of what the old 97s have always done american primitive we'll see no chance it. it lasts. No but. chance it lasts. It'll move. But I like that. It's a good concept in the idea. Um, I'd like to also just follow up here with two things. As I told you before we started this show, um, I said, you know, Rhett, please send me four or five tracks. And you're like, you pick. I'm like, <gasps> looking at this. Ca- I'm like, what? So I enrolled our friend John Burdick. Great guitar player. Greatest and, guitar player in the Hudson Valley. There you go. And um we're not going to play all of them now, but because um, I've got some time, we're going to play a couple. So I want to tell you which ones he picked out, because oh. I will not take credit for this. Your solo music he chose from your album, The Instigator, Our Love. Oh. And from your album, The Messenger, he chose I Used to Write in Notebooks. Nice. And from The Misfit, he chose Go Through You. Yeah, nice. The single. The single. And that's what he said. He said, like, I think that's the single. So, um, And from Old 97's, um, Too Far to Care, mm-hmm. Barrier Reef. That's classic Old 97's. There's a handful of songs we have to play every night. Barrier Reef, really only a couple. Is Barrier one of Reef them. Is one of them. And then Fight Songs, uh, Jagged. Yep, the opening track. I'll and from songs. the latest 12th, Belmont. Belmont Hotel. Hotel. Oh, that's so sweet. See, that's the outlier. That's kind of an acoustic song that's... That's a very sweet song. It's about uh anyway. I will he, he, I will tell you what it's about. He's he's got great choice in music. I mean, look at John, right? I mean, he's amazing. So yeah. yeah. He's, so he's when when you told me, I like quickly messaged him. I'm like, I need your help. He's like, absolutely. So um yeah. So thank you, John Burdick, for picking this out. And I'm gonna ask you, out of the ones I just mentioned, which one would you like me to play first? 
You know, you might as well play Our Love because it's uh, it's the opening track from my first solo record, and it features a guitar solo, which on the album is performed by John Bryan, the producer, who's brilliant. Um, but it's so fun because it's an incredibly challenging guitar solo, and to get to hear John Burdick, because he plays with me, and I've yeah. got uh, Red Miller and the All-Stars, my local band that plays a Mohonk a lot or sometimes around. You played this other nice new place over in... There, Gardner. What's it called? That nice new Yard Owl. Is that what we it did? Was? The Yard Owl's a little brewery that we played at. It was a beautiful resort that's out there. Oh, Auberge. That Thank was you. me solo acoustic. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But um, the Wildflower Farms. That's a pretty fun. That's a great little place. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go check that. And out. And it's open to the public. Yes. Like in the way that Mohonk isn't. For if you want to go to Mohonk, right. you have to. But if you you can go to Wildflower Farms just to have a drink. Yeah. And and they don't. I don't know if they advertise it a lot, but locals. I recommend any locals, this is a really incredible high-end resort, and you can just roll up, have one cocktail, look at all the beautiful stuff they've got there. And, and leave. Hang out. Yeah, why yeah. not? Have yeah. dinner, too. It's yeah, yeah. Great. It's, it sounds like it is. That's I, within a mile of my house. Oh, how lucky you are. I guess, yeah. I want to leave us, and um, I, in order to do my homework when I have guests, I listen to a lot of old interviews. I read a little bit, but I listen to old interviews. This one, I think I briefly told you, looked like you were 10 years old in it, but I was struck by some of your words, and I'm going to quote you if I may. It's on YouTube. This comes from 2012, and you say, quote, Rhett Miller says, quote, I keep doing this and doing this. Nobody's asking me to stop, and there's a body of work that if I ever get in a dark mood, and like most songwriters I know can get in a dark mood, I can go back and look at this discography and remember making all these records and the people I worked with. I feel proud of it. I know I haven't wasted my life. I know I'm not curing cancer or building rockets or I'm not saving the world, but I think there's some nobility in creating music and giving it to the world. I know I'm giving something of myself to the world. There's got to be some path to heaven there. Unquote. <laughs> Rhett Miller. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yes. That's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, that was a really, I, it just struck me. I was like, wait a minute. I kept, you know, going back and listening. I was like, I like this. I want to like use these words. So they're your words. I didn't do anything but read them. So... Rhett, it's a pure delight having you in person and having you here. I am going to come see you play. I can't wait. I'll talk about the shows on my upcoming shows here. And, um, and yeah, Colony Woodstock, March 9th. And Rhett Miller will be at Colony Woodstock. And then again, April 13th. I mean, we're so lucky to have you here in the Hudson Valley. And uh, Old 97s, hey, if you want to go do a cruise in a couple of weeks, um, the Outlaw Country Cruise. And then uh, we look forward to hopefully having you here in the Northeast in the fall with a new album. And Rita, can I say in honor of your 350th show that all that stuff I said about writing songs is a gift to the world. What you're doing is Aww. also a gift. because. Aww. You're bringing music to people. You're connecting people. And that's what it's all about, I feel like. That's oh, the meaning thank of life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, you know, it, it's just love of music. And yeah. without songwriters like you and musicians like you, this world would be really boring. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine life without the arts. And especially now in the times that we're living in, it just unites us. And that's the beautiful part. We can all sit in this arena and you can have your belief. I, we don't care. We don't. There's no arguments. People are listening to music, and it's uniting. So thank you for being that to us. <laughs> and um, 
have fun out there. I can't wait to see you live. And um, and thank you for your time. Yeah. And, uh, Rhett, we're going to play from the instigator, Our Love. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Thanks. 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Richard Wagner's letters to his lover, Matilda, were a mess. He should have quit before he had written the address. They made love on the mezzanine. Her husband was his friend. Vienna in a fugue state working on a thing that when he finished it took almost seven hours to sing. He still found time to write to her. His heart exploded words.
91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. A huge thank you. Huge, huge thank you to Rhett Miller of the Old 97s for being my guest during the 4 o'clock hour. That was really a lot of fun. We just heard a track from the Old 97s, Barrier Reef, and that's from their album Too Far to Care. We also heard an album... um, a track from Rhett's solo album, The Instigator, called Our Love. And a huge thank you also to John Burdick, who um, who curated these tracks for me and for Rhett. And a lot of fun. If you missed and you're just tuning in now and you missed the interview with Rhett Miller, I'll be uploading it tonight on the Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR YouTube channel, as well as turning it into a podcast. It'll become available on Spotify, Apple Music, and a bunch of other streaming platforms. Please be sure to subscribe to the channel and also perhaps follow on Facebook by the same name. And now, you know, the funniest thing is um, spontaneity is one of the life's greatest gifts. And today, right now, I'm going to have a guest with me who no intention on being on the show with me today. But my beautiful daughter, Caroline, is here with me. Hey. Hello. (laughs) So she's here. She's taking care of me today. I had some back injury happen and um, it's gotten really bad. We don't know what, though. We don't know what. We don't know what. It's like lower herniated disc kind of thing, which I had 12 years ago. And and, um, she actually worked from home today and she took care of me. She drove me to the studio and um, didn't want to miss the show. And um, and Caroline's here with me now. So we're going to do this hour together. And it's the 350th episode of Local Motion. Oh, my God. that's Yeah, that's cool. That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Out. It just kind of worked out. Selfishly, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we really didn't plan on this. You were just sitting out there doing yeah. your work. And mm-hmm. Rhett was leaving. And I'm like, hey, come on air. I mean, it's 5.07. Yeah, my, my 9 to 5 is done, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and we should tell listeners that Caroline is also an accomplished violinist, and um, she just graduated college two months ago. Not even two months ago. Just under two months ago, she graduated from, you You tell us. Uh, I graduated from Ithaca College, um, and now I'm back to my roots in the Hudson Valley. It's a beautiful so, thing. Yeah. And um, you're working at the Fisher Center. Yep, I work at the Fisher Center at Bard College. And it's a beautiful venue here in the Hudson Valley. The acoustics on there are not to be beaten anywhere, I'm telling you. And um, you graduated with quite a few degrees under your belt, and this is only your your proud mom <laughs> saying that. So she graduated because she doesn't like talking about it. Um <laughs> She graduated with a degree in music performance, violin. She graduated with a degree in economics and a minor in art history. Did I get all that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I'll stop gloating and yep. um, saying how proud I am <laughs> of you. But uh, well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So what we do here, this is the second hour of Local Motion. We're here every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. bringing you music of the Hudson Valley. Every hour that I don't have a guest, I start off the hour by paying tribute to Tony Falco, who passed away October 28th of 2021. He left a lot of things, one of which was a really cool Spotify playlist and there's a couple hundred tracks on there so I pick one every single week and I go in order and um, and that's how we'll start off the show and um, yeah let's take a listen to some music and then Caroline and I will come back and 
and we'll chat some more. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's really great to have you here. Um, you might recognize this song. Um, this was on Tony's playlist. It's, uh, it's a little feet track. Let's take a listen right here, right now on 91.3.
Bonjour, vous êtes sur le répondeur du Mariam. Laissez votre message après, je vous appelle. Merci. Merci, bye. Chérie, je m'adresse à toi, avec toi chérie, la vie est belle. WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York, Amado and Miriam. The album, Welcome to Mali, the track we just heard, Sabali. They will be performing March 24th at the Bardavon right here in beautiful downtown Poughkeepsie, bardavon.org. And what a special treat that is to have Amado and Miriam come here to the Hudson Valley. We also started this hour off by paying tribute to Tony Falco, the owner from the Falcon in Marlboro who passed away on October 28th of 2021. He left this really cool Spotify playlist. I pick a track off of it every single week that we do the show, the hour that we don't have a guest today. We heard little feet, the album Dixie chicken, but it wasn't Dixie chicken. It was called on your way down by little feet. And that was for Tony Falco. And I have a surprise guest, uh, totally 
not planned, Miss Caroline Ryan, who happens to be my daughter. Hello. Hello. We're on air together. She's joined me numerous times before over the years and really kind of just cool. She's here helping me out a little bit today. And um, yeah, we just didn't even plan it. I was like, come on in the studio. And here we are. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, speaking of Tony Falco, you worked there. That was your I first did. job at the Falcon. It was. Yeah. I was a host for them. Yes. Yeah. A couple of years. Yeah. And, and how old were you? Like 16? Oh, it was like, yeah, right when you can start working. Right. 15 or 16. I think 16. Mm-hmm. I think 16. Um, and you got exposed to some really cool music working there. Yeah. I mean, I also had gone there like you had brought me since I was probably 12, <laughs> like yeah. 12 or 13. Um, yeah, so I was really familiar and had already built a pretty deep admiration for the place. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the Falcon opening back up. They've been on a winter break. They are reopening next week on Friday. Um, the Falcon will open on the 17th of February with Balin. And on Saturday, February 18th, the great Alexis P. Suter Band. And Alexis is celebrating her birthday that day. So it's, I'm going to guess, very Ooh, close to, gonna it's going to be really good. And um, probably close to sold out. But you can certainly always give a call or, since they're closed now, and go online live at thefalcon.com because that's how we honor Tony. We keep the Falcon going by supporting the Falcon and going there. So we've got some more music to play here. This wonderful couple, Annalise and Ryan, will be performing at City Winery right here in the Hudson Valley in Montgomery, right by Newburgh. And it's funny because Rhett Miller, today's guest, was just talking about City Winery and how much he likes it there. And um, these guys are going to be playing there, doing a little Valentine's Day thing this Saturday, February 11th. Annalise and Ryan, I'll tell you more about that. But um, let's take a listen to them and we'll follow that up by the great fiddler, Bruce Molsky, who will also be playing in the area yes. this Friday night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. You've, you you know Bruce Molsky. Heck yeah. 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 He's great. He is terrific. All right. Let's take a listen to... Annalise and Ryan here as soon as I can upload the music. 91.3. Love that. Tick-tock, the sky is falling, never heeded what you said. I told you there's a hole in the roof, it's gonna get you away. Pays no mind if she don't want to change. You can't expect the sun to shine when we're standing in the rain. When the rain comes down, where you gonna run to, baby? When I'm standing at the door, wondering what for. When the rain comes down, where you gonna run to, honey? Drop the truth came in, couldn't cover it with lies. These walls are soaked with secrets that we never let dry. Face to face, let's raise and wash away the stain. The lies they lie behind us, 
Not his only love to gain When the rain comes down Where you gonna run to, baby? When I'm standing at the door Wondering what for When the rain comes down Where you gonna run to, honey? When it all comes tumbling, comes tumbling down When the rain is falling, 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 where you gonna run to falling? When it all, when the rain is falling, when it all comes falling, comes tumbling down. When the rain is falling, when the rain comes down to you, baby. When the rain comes down. When it all comes down, comes tumbling down. When the rain comes down, where you gonna run to, baby? When I'm standing at the door, wondering what for. When the rain comes down, where you gonna run to, honey? When it all comes tumbling.
WVKR, Bruce Molsky. You know Bruce Molsky as being a world-renowned fiddler, violinist. This is Bruce Molsky playing guitar. Everywhere You Go is the name of the release. Came out last year, and it's all him doing solo guitar work. We just heard the track called Bye Bye Baby Blues. Bruce Molsky is truly a world-renowned fiddler. I've had him on the show several times, and it's always an honor and a pleasure talking with him. You are lucky enough, if you have no plans Friday night, to go see him live in person in Beacon at Town Crier, the legendary Town Town Crier right on Main Street in Beacon. Bruce Molsky will be there this Friday night. Tickets available at towncrier.com, and that's town with an E, crier.com. Caroline, who's my guest today, my daughter, kind of spontaneously my guest, not any intention of it at all, um, is with me right now in studio. And you know Bruce Molsky. I do. Not personally, but right. I, know, I know a lot of his work. I really love love his stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's quite the mentor. Yeah, and, he's um, a great teacher, too. Yeah, is yeah. what I've heard, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bruce Molsky, Friday night at Town Crier. We also heard Annalise and Ryan, their track called When the Rain. They'll be performing some love songs because we're getting into that week of Valentine's Day. Um, This Saturday, Annalise and Ryan will be at City Winery um, along with Drew Angus and Jeremy Schoenfeld. That's this Saturday, February 11th, City Winery in Montgomery. Info and tickets available at uh, citywinery.com dash Hudson Valley. Really easy to get to in a very, very cool venue. Annalise and Ryan. And by the way, they're going to be my guests here, I think sometime in April. Uh, we'll have them on the show. They'll also be releasing new music, which will premiere then as well. So always a pleasure having Annalise and Ryan on. Again, check them out this Saturday, the 11th at City Winery in Montgomery. Caroline. We were just talking about what we're going to have for dinner. Yeah. We've kind of got our dinner plans figured out. There's this really cool um, Chinese place here in the area. I can't mention names because we don't do that here on non-commercial stations, but it's a really good dinner. Yeah. Um, and that's usually what I do on Wednesdays. It's her routine. And now that I'm back for a little bit, I'm a part, I'm a part of the Rita Ryan meal prep cycle, <laughs> which is like really awesome. Oh, um, it's so funny. Every Wednesday is like... Chinese. Chinese treat yes. after the show. After the show. It's yeah. great. It is great. It is great. And it's a really good place, too. So it's all good. So, yeah, Caroline's back from, she graduated college last, uh, no, not last month. We can't say that anymore. In December. And uh, she's home working at the Fisher Center at Bard. She's also a violinist. Caroline, you have a concert coming up this weekend. I do, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Northern Duchess Symphony is playing at the Marriott Pavilion. Um 
which is on the Culinary Institute grounds. Yep, in Hyde Park. Um, Actually, if anyone's listening and is like a front-facing kind of frontline worker, uh, we're offering $20 tickets to those people because it's like kind of a lot of the stuff we're playing, like we're playing the Superman suite, we're playing just a lot of like conventional, like Summon the Heroes is the title of the program. So a lot of like James Bond, you know. So for first responders, is that what you're saying? You're Not first responders, but just frontline workers. Like, you know, if you work in a grocery store too, like that's a oh, frontline, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Um, so there's discounted tickets to that, and that's at the Culinary. That's wonderful. That's yeah. great. And, and I sub for them. So. And the Northern Duchess Symphony. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. So I can't wait. I'm looking forward to the concert. It's just so nice to see you play. Yeah, I guess. I'm used to <laughs> seeing you in all these college concerts and things, and and now that you've graduated, it's nice that you're doing it's that. It's weird not like having something every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully that will change, and you'll get a a little more work. Uh, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I don't know about every single week. No, not every week. Well, you're working, you know, working yeah. too. But yeah, no. But to just yeah, it's good to play. Again. It's good to play again. It's a lovely thing, especially so. here. Yeah, yeah. And you're in the beautiful Hudson Valley, and. Uh, this this area is so culturally rich. You'll find people to play with and to, yeah, have all of that. So, um, I want to play new music by an incredible visual artist and um, musician, Sarah Fim. She's from Woodstock area. She released has released countless albums, really, and this one's called Celestial Strangers. It's an instrumental album, and I'm going to play a track from that now. Right here, right now, on 91.3. WVKR. Yeah, girl.
WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. The track is called Strollin'. The artist is Ben Sverin. And Ben is going to be my guest next week here on Local Motion. Look forward to having Ben on air. Um, and in the studio also, which is really cool, he's also going to be a first-time guest. So really looking forward to that. Ben Sverin. And um, we also heard music, brand new music by Sarah Fim, her album called Celestial Strangers. And we heard the track Disintegration. She's also a great visual artist. You can learn more about Sarah at her website, sarahfim.com. Caroline. I'm back. She's Never back. left. Never left. My guest. In the hot seat. My my spontaneous guest, Caroline, my daughter, here today. Um, She came to the station with me, helped me out a little bit. And then after Rhett Miller, thank you again for being my guest during the four o'clock hour. Um, that was a lot of fun. I'm hoping that the recording went well and that we'll be uploading it tonight to the YouTube channel. So um, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. So um, I think what I'm going to do now, Caroline, is my musical happening segment. Mm -hmm. And you know what that's about. Mm -hmm. What is it about? All the happenings. All the happenings. happenings in the Hudson Valley. That's right. In the hopes that people go out and support live music yes, and local musicians. Us artists and need it. Yes, you really do, right? We do. Absolutely. As someone who is an artist and someone who works in fundraising. Yes. Um, yeah. Go support, support living artists, as Tony Falco would say. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. All right. So I'm going to read this off in alphabetical order. And we're going to start out with the Bardavon and UPAC. Info at bardavon.org. March 1, Sean Colvin, Mark Cohen, Sarah Jaros. March 24, Amado and Miriam. April 15, Natalie Merchant. April 28, Amanda Palmer. Bearsville Theater in Woodstock, also bearsvilletheater.com. Tonight, February 8th, Angel Olsen and the Big Time Band. March 3 is a Talking Heads tribute with Start Making Sense. Caramore in Katona, info at caramore.org. February 12, Chamber Music with the Avalis Quartet. March 24, Sean Mason Quintet. City Winery, Hudson Valley in Montgomery, also at info at citywinery.com. Tonight, Denny Lane. February 11th, Annalise and Ryan. Drew Angus, and Jeremy Schoenfeld. Colony in Woodstock, also colonywoodstock.com. They're closed for winter break and reopening this Sunday, February 12th with a Super Bowl watch party. Dogwood in Beacon, also dogwoodbeacon.com. Thursday, Young Matthew. Friday, Black Coffee Blues. And Saturday, Cosmo Kazi. The Falcon in Marlborough and live at thefalcon.com. Closed for winter break, opening, reopening next Friday the 17th with Balin and Saturday the 18th with Alexis P. Suter Band. Fisher Center at Bard College and Woo! info at fishercenter.bard.edu. February 11 and 12, the orchestra now. Howland Chamber Music Circle at Howland Cultural Center in Beacon. Info, howlandmusic.org, February 19, Drew Peterson. Jazz Forum in Tarrytown, info at jazzforumarts.org. This Friday and Saturday, two shows each night, 
Jeremy Pelt Quartet. Jazzstock at the Senate Garage in Kingston. Info at jazzstock.com. Saturday, February 18, Ed Cherry, John D. Martino, and John Menegon. Levon Helm Studios in Woodstock and levonhelm.com. Tomorrow, Nefish Mountain. February 21, New Orleans great Glenn David Andrews celebrating Mardi Gras. February 24, Phil Cook just announced John Schofield and also a second show added for Josh Ritter. Info at levonhelm.com. Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center and info at sugarloafpacny.com. February 10, Frontier, the tribute band to Journey. The Stissing Center in Pine Plains and thestissingcenter.org. February 11, Jukebox Junkies. Tarrytown Music Hall in Tarrytown and at tarrytownmusichall.org. February 11, Mandy Patinkin. February 12th, Westchester Symphonic Winds. Town Crier in Beacon and towncrier.com. Every Thursday is an open mic. Friday on the salon stage, Mike Burns. Friday on the main stage, Bruce Molsky. Saturday on the salon stage, Jerry Lee. On the main stage, The Weaklings, music of the Beatles and more. Sunday brunch with Eric Puente, jazz quartet. And Sunday afternoon, Beacon Rising. And I'm going to let Caroline take the next one. Northern Duchess Symphony. At the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. On? Saturday. Playing the music of? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, we're the composers. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing like so many pieces. I mean, William Tell. Uh, That's great. Music of Spider-Man, music of Superman, music of James Bond, um, a couple other like, you know, those like Star Wars-y, Star Trek, Marvel type sounding symphonic scores. That is so cool. And that's happening this Saturday at the Culinary Institute. And you can kind of just go there and get your tickets there. So I am going to play, and I can't find the track right now, um, by an artist called, yeah, hmm, I can't find the track, Ree Kasten. I was going to play a track of hers, because I already played it a couple of weeks ago, uh, music by her, and now I can't for the life of me find the track. So Use your search bar. Use my search bar. This is why we have youth with us. And um, let's see, let's see, and I still, something is, oh, you know what, you know what, because I'm, I'm, you know, never mind. I have it as it's physically in front of you as a CD. Physically in front of me, dear Lord. Okay, so, (laughs) it's been a long day, what can I say? We're nearing the end of the show here, we're here till six o'clock, and um I'm going to play a track now as soon as the CD loads by Recasting, who's a Hudson Valley artist, um, and the website recasting.com. We're going to play a track, and let's start off with this right here, right now, on 91.3 WVKR.
I remember? Do you recall those quiet, lovely, rainy days? We were driving in the car. You remember? As I recall, how your fingers touched my face, drew a pathway to my heart. The pathway before me, I thought I knew, became a fast highway that's running me through. These are the days when I can't, but I should. Those quiet, lovely, rainy days We were driving in the car You remember As I recall How your fingers touched my face Drew a pathway to my heart Cause I know we both changed How the road set before us as the rain falls down, as the sun parts the clouds, there is room to tell you now. I remember, do you recall those quiet, lovely, rainy days? We were driving in the car, you remember. As I recall How your fingers touched my face Drew a pathway to my heart As your fingers touched my face Drew a pathway to my heart WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. What a lovely voice, huh, Caroline? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you on? Am I? Yeah, now you are. Okay. So that was Ree Kasten, R-E-E-K-A-S-T-A-N. What an absolutely lovely voice. I got a couple of tracks sent to me from them and um, Ree and Brian, and that was called I Recall. Color My Soul is the name of the release, and you can check out more on Ree's website, which is recasting.com. And thanks for sending that music my way. It's really quite lovely. We're getting near the end of the show here, Caroline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when you used to do your musical happenings, like at, what would it be? It would be not even now at 5.53. It would literally be 5.58. I could never and get like through the it. Next, the next guy, the next DJ would come in and you would just be going into like 6 3. I know. I was taking up uh, Dr. So J's I, That was time. a good programming change. Yes, yes. Now yeah. I, I give myself a little bit more time because we're pretty strict on the start times yeah. and all of that. Which so. is good. Yeah, which is good. And it's the right thing to do. Plus, I have two hours now, right, when I mm-hmm. first started. Um, 
It was a squeeze. It was one hour, and then it was one hour bi-weekly, and now 350 shows later. You got two hours. We got two hours. We're permanently inked here at uh, every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m., and, um, you know, thanks, everybody, for the support out there. It's 350. 350. Thank you. I don't know if my clapping sounds awful on air. Oh, but my gosh. How could that sound awful I don't know. On Turn air. your volume down or something. Well, <laughs> listen, it's it's really cool doing this show. It's an honor to be here every week. It's an honor to talk with the guests that I have every single week. Yeah. And um, there's no end in sight. You're going to be I already. I have big plans for 400. Oh, no. Well, that's Big like plans, a year away. People. So we got mark your calendars. <laughs> probably sixty weeks away, but um, yeah, at least I I have my ideas a brewing. Oh, that's awesome! You can slide into my DMs if you have any. Yeah, and this is Caroline like Ryan. Hear. You can follow her yep. music page on Instagram as well as yep. um, Caroline Ryan on Instagram. She's a violinist and um, also works at the Fisher Center at Bard College, um, doing all kinds of wonderful things up there. And um, yeah, so it's just so cool to have you here today. By, I mean, we did not plan this. I feel like I'm always a spontaneous guest. Yes. You know? Well, I think one or two times we like. There was you know, like one time where, like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like nobody else was coming on, so you were like, okay, you should. Or come I on. actually booked you, you one co- time too. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember that it was like right before you okay. were going back to college. Okay. Some August or something I that I actually made you like an official guest because okay. you are a musician and that's what this I, show is all about. I know. About. I was going to joke. When am I going to be good enough? Yeah. When no, no. You're good, good enough. enough. No. You're good enough. I'm just kidding. So, yeah, no, it's good stuff. So I just, again, want to say thank you to today's guest, Rhett Miller of the Old 97s. We're going to be lucky enough to have him perform right here in the Hudson Valley on March 9th and on April 13th. Both of those dates will be in Woodstock at Colony. Tickets available at colonywoodstock.com. And if, hey, you feel like taking a cruise with the Old 97s, they're going to be doing that, too. You can visit their website, old97s.com. But it was truly a pleasure and an honor having Rhett on the show today and um, yeah we'll be back next week with guest um, Ben Svarin in two weeks the first guests ever on this show were Larry and Teresa and they're going to be making their like 10th appearance because they always come (laughs) on um, in about two weeks in three weeks you and I won't be here because we're going away and then we have Danny Melnick um, we'll talk all kinds of great jazz stuff with him including the Saratoga Um, jazz festival so I can't wait to talk to him we have Stephen LaMarca on the week after Danny from the Bardavon we have Byron Isaacs coming back from the Lumineers and David Barron who records the Lumineers will be on the week after we're fully booked until the end of April on local motion so again folks please just follow the subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as the Facebook page by the same name. We're going to go out with a track. This is the single off Rhett Miller's latest solo album called This Misfit and the track is called Go Through You. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and for the love and the support celebrating the 350th episode. Caroline, thank you for being hey. so spontaneous. Hey, thank hey. you. <laughs> You got the fan club. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah, I'll be one to say it. Thank you so much, Miss Rita Ryan, oh. for bringing all this heat to the airwaves oh. in the Hudson Valley. 
Um, I have not paid music. her. I swear to God, I have not paid her. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, you are so appreciated by so many. But Aww. speaking of me, like making fun of you for running over with time. Yes. I have to shut up because we're going to. Yes, we're going to right now. So um, we're going to play two minutes of this Rhett Miller yeah. song. And thank you for the spontaneity. And you're welcome back here anytime. And you know that. So I love you. And um, I love you. And every 350. 350. Today's the 350. All right. I'll see you all next week. Until then, I wish you all peace. FM Poughkeepsie, 91.3 FM and on the web at wvkr.org. You're listening to WVKR FM Poughkeepsie or online at wvkr.org.